This episode of Better in the Dark is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audiblepodcast.com slash betterinthedark. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Sign up for a free 40-day trial, including a free download of your first book just for trying out their service. Some of the available titles include Stormrider by John Frank Holm, Theories of International Politics, and Zombies by Daniel W. Dresner, and Midnight by Josephine Cox. So after you finish listening to BITD, why don't you go to www.audiblepodcast.com slash betterinthedark and get your free audiobook today. Abracadabra, I sit on his knee. Presto, changeo, and now he is me. Hocus, pocus, we take her to bed. Magic is free. We're dead. We all feel better. We all feel better in the dark. In conclusion, if you find yourself falling asleep, having a dream child in the middle of a nightmare, while you're trying to wake up when you're being chased by a guy with razors on his fingers, and you don't know it's a new nightmare, and then you got Jason, he's got an axe, got Kelly rolling, she's not saying, nightmare baby. Flow. H-Y. Once upon a time on a Super Bowl night, two guys from BK brought the points to life. Gave you some previews and some laughs. Was it no big thing? No one thought it would last. Then one started growling at the mention of a chick. The other guy would lose it every time he got pissed. Next thing you know, they got a good fan base. So they said, what the hell, let's continue to pace. No stone uncovered, they will take on a topic. Might bring on a guest and together they rock it. Cause they're in like Flint, two mice are cool. If you don't know the beautiful one, they'll take you to school. I'm talking about Tom, DJ, and Derek Ferguson. The best podcast out, hands down, it's set. So in the tub, in the car, if you're chilling in the park. Welcome to another show of Better in the Dark. it in here. This podcast is dedicated to the great voice of Mr. Don LaFontaine, who now has left us in a world without a man we trust to do voiceovers for trailers, for movies, and television, and radio, and small little dogs. <laughs> small little dogs? Where did that I am not coming out. I <laughs> like it in here. <laughs> You gotta get that in. I like it in here. <laughs> if you haven't guessed what this episode of Better in the Dark is about, which is dedicated to, as Tom said, a great, great, great man. Great man. Yes. Don LaFontaine. Yes. Who, for many years, was the voice when you heard movie trailers. Right. And that's what this episode is about. It's about those things. See, for me, 
I'm very anal about right. the whole movie going process. It's a ritual for me. Most people just say, well, I'm going to go to the movies. Right. No, see, I have to get there in time to get my snacks, to find the seat that I want to see, mm-hmm. and I have to get there before the trailers. Right. If I don't get there for the trailers, I don't go in. It drives my wife crazy, but I don't. I'm kind of a little bit different in that I want to avoid the televisual spam of the first look or the movie. Oh, uh, yeah. But I want to see these trailers. Right. So I try to time myself so that by the time I'm all settled, the first look is already winding down, and it's time for the stupid thing where they try, please, buy our stuff in the lobby. <laughs> we know it's crap, we know it's overpriced, but we want you to buy it. And actually, it's pretty sad, because it's a sign of our times, and it's progress. I forget who it was, but somebody, I think it might even been Harlan Ellison, who said that when it comes to progress, he thinks that there's a little man that's in a booth that says, okay, well, you can have this, but you give up something else. Okay, you can have the telephone, right. but you give up a certain amount of your right. privacy, because now people can call you and whatever right. you want. The internet is like that, too, because mm-hmm. now you can just go on there and you can see movie trailers anytime you want. People have right. said that to me. Well, what do you care if you see it? You can always go to YouTube and watch it. There's a difference in seeing a trailer on this little screen here that I have in front of me Mm -hmm. and seeing it on the big screen. Exactly. For many years... A movie trailer was the only yeah. way that you saw what a movie was going to look like. You couldn't right. go on YouTube. We didn't have Entertainment Tonight. We didn't have the Reels channels. We didn't have all of these outlets to watch trailers. If you right. wanted to see a movie trailer, you had to go to the movies. But before we go to the movies to look at some trailers, we just want to remind folks that Better in the Dark is brought to you by Audible.com, which invites you to try their service for 14 days including the free download of your first audiobook. They have over 85,000 titles to choose from, spanning the width and breadth of human knowledge. And I have, as always, like I do at the beginning of every episode, Mm -hmm. I've chosen three possible suggestions for you to download from Audible.com that tie into this particular episode. episode. Yes. Understanding Movies, The Art and History of Film by Raphael Shargle. You're only as good as the next one. 100 great (laughs) movies, 100 good films, and 100 for which I should be shot. (laughs) By Mike Medavoy and Josh Young. And finally, Two Minute Film Noir by Meatball Fusion. I think that's a made-up name. I think so, too. So, after you're done listening to Better in the Dark, uh, hell, I think every, just for the title alone, I want to read, you're only as good you as only the next see, one. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. That one I may get myself. After you're finished listening to this episode of Better in the Dark, go to audiblepodcast.com slash better in the dark and download your first audiobook today. Audible.com. Because we like it in here. <laughs> we should mention that before we started, I showed Derek what I consider to be one of my favorite trailers of all time. And it's a very good trailer because it doesn't tell you much about the movie, but it intrigues you enough that you say, I want to see what this is about. It gives you the tone of the movie. The tone, right. The irreverent tone of whatever the movie is supposed to be. Because it's for the Jerry Seinfeld documentary, Comedian, which Mm -hmm. followed Jerry Seinfeld during his first tour right after Seinfeld. Yeah. And also simultaneously tracked the career of an up-and-coming comedian and contrasted the two of them. And so it featured a guy who was supposed to be Don LaFontaine mm-hmm. in a recording booth doing this, in a world, no, that's not what we want, in a land, no in a land, in a time, no time, no time. in a land, 
Before time. And before time. He was a man transformed. No, there was no, no transforming. What are you talking about? But your life isn't your own. What the hell does that even mean? Yeah, he's like, what does that even mean? We should also mention right at the top of this that we urge you that all the trailers that we're going to yeah. be discussing on here, because this is what we're going to be doing. We are going to be, hopefully, in our humble way, dissecting the art of a trailer. And, and what trying to figure good- out what is going wrong right now, because I think that, and you and I have talked about this, the art of the trailer is dying. It is kind of into a script that is so rigid that there's no room for creativity. Well, there are trailers now that you literally do not... One of the most recent offenders of this. Now, I didn't go see this movie myself because I saw the trailer and I said, well, that's going to be crap. The Beyonce Idris Elba movie Mm -hmm. with Ali Larder, Obsession. I know people that went to see it. They said, if you've seen the trailer, you've seen the movie. Yeah. They said, it it tells you every single beat that's going to happen in two minutes. Right. It breaks down a 90-minute movie into two minutes, and you've seen it. And people have told me, they said they felt really jerked off behind it. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, but you saw the trailer, but you really can't tell what the movie is going to be about from the trailer. And I said, what? Yes, you can, more often than not. I said, why do you think they make trailers? People, oh, you can tell I'm going to get hysterical on this one, folks, because I don't understand. You watch the trailer. The trailer is designed to give you an idea, well, do I want to see this or not? Right. And now I've got this thing where I sit there and I have a mental checklist. Okay, I'm going to go see that in the movie. No, I'll wait for that to come to right. DVD. No, I don't want to see that right. at all. And I don't understand this, but people say, well, you really shouldn't judge a movie by the trailer. What? And then you complain when you went to see it and you wait. Well, I saw the trailer and the trailer wasn't that good. But it used to be years ago when they actually had an art to making trailers right. that they could dupe you into going to see a yeah. crap movie because the trailer was so damn good. Yeah. <laughs> well, remember, trailers started back in the infancy of theater because that was their way of advertising. Exactly, yeah. And some of those early trailers, like, for example, the trailer uh, for Citizen Kane, the famous one where it's just Orson Welles never telling you anything about what Citizen Kane is about. Mm-hmm. Let's say, here's Joseph Cotton. He's going to be the star of the film. Mm-hmm. Here's this person. Here's Agnes Moorhead. Yeah. Here's this one. Here's that one. And, and that's it. You still have no idea what Citizen Kane was about. Or that famous Psycho trail. The, yeah, I was about to say that. That's when Alfred Hitchcock giving the tour of the house. And he takes you through the Bates Motel, yeah. and then he takes you up to the house. There's only one actual piece of footage from the actual movie, which is at the very end, which is Janet Lee screaming. When he draws the curtain yeah. back. Little bit of movie trivia. That's actually not Janet Lee. That's Vera Miles in a blonde wig. Really? Yeah, what happened was that when they got ready to put the trailer together, mm-hmm. Janet Lee wasn't available. That wasn't a clip that they lifted yeah. from the movie. That was actually shot for the trailer, and she wasn't available. But Vera Miles was, and all they did was that they just slapped. And of course, since the word psycho is across yeah. her face, you really can't tell it. Okay. But years later, of course, when we had the technology and people were stopping, yeah, it's actually Vera Miles. That's when trailers were an art form, and even as recently as the year 2000, because there was a special trailer made for the first Spider-Man movie. Yes. Remember the trailer with the World Trade World Center? World Trade Center, yeah. Yeah, and the helicopter, I think it's Bank Roberts, yeah. Jewel Thieves, they're trying to get away, and they get caught inside the web that stretched. Now, that was a trailer specifically made that well, you... Yeah, well, yeah. the thing is that there used to be... I think the height of it was during the 90s where they would shoot special footage specifically for the trailer. Right. That wasn't in the movie. That was just made for the trailer. There there are some situations like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah. The Kevin Costner film. The camera eye view shot of the arrow was originally not in the movie. It was shot for the trailer. Mm. But because everybody jonesed on it and obsessed on it, they found a way to incorporate it into the movie. Right. 
And also, another infamous example is recently with Snakes on a Plane. Oh, yeah. Whereas that a fan had Samuel L. Jackson say, I want these motherfucking snakes off this motherfucking right. plane. And it got to be so big, they actually brought Samuel Jackson back to reshoot yeah. for the movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> everybody wanted to hear him actually yeah. say it in the movie. During the golden age of the trailers, the 70s, the 80s, you had people learning how to be editors and learning how to be directors by just putting trailers together. We talked about Roger Corman a couple of episodes ago. Right. That's where Roger Corman usually put some of these people he thought had promise, like Joe Dante. He put them in the trailer departments to put these trailers together. Now, Tom. Yes. Since we're talking about trailers, what do you think makes a good trailer? A trailer should persuade you. No matter how bad the movie is, this is the greatest movie of all time. It doesn't necessarily have to show you anything from the movie. Right. The trailer that we just watched that I cite is one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, me, yeah. It doesn't have a single piece of footage from the, 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 from the actual movie. Yeah. There's another trailer for a film, like a Italian exploitation film called Torso. Also has very, very few elements from the movie, but the bulk of it is a mock television broadcast mm-hmm. from outside a theater showing Torso, asking people after coming out of the theater what they thought of the movie. Okay. And it's got a couple who's really just horrified and mm-hmm. just want to talk about it. And the last person he interviews is this really creepy because he's going, <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> and one of my favorite trailers, this trailer used to creep me out all the time. Then they showed the damn thing on TV for magic. When yeah. it's just the puppet just sitting up there reciting this really creepy nursery rhyme. And the thing that really freaks me out is that it says the nursery rhyme and then it has the credits come up. Magic story, Anthony Hopkins and Anne Margaret and blah, blah, blah. And then the credits go. And it's just a dummy sitting up there. And he just opens up his eyes a little bit and he looks off to the side. Yeah. Don't ask me why that freaks me out. The 70s, there was a whole school of trailers for horror film, which was just one discreet image. Like the It's Alive trailer. Yeah. With the nursery, the camera just slowly... And you just have the... the 360. And you have the... The, the bassinet. Yeah, the bassinet just slowly rotating. And and that's it. And it, then you see the, the mutated claw and you hear the baby scream and it's done. Or how about another one of our favorite... For one of our favorite movies, Suspiria. Suspiria, yeah. And it's the girl brushing her yeah. hair. Yeah. Now, granted, I look at it now and... It's cheesy as all hell, because the, the roses are red, violets are blue, mm-hmm. if you come near me, I'll be the death of you, yeah. or what the heck the thing is. The mask, when she turns around, and the skull mask, is really, really phony. Yeah. But as a kid, it's it, it, on a cheap-ass black-and-white television. It worked. It freaked me the fuck out. You know what a trailer should do for you? A trailer should make you say, I don't want to wait, I want to see this Molly Fox yeah. movie right now, damn it. To me... If a trailer doesn't make me do that... And there's not a lot of them that do that these days. No, there isn't. The one I can think of off the top of my head is the first Iron Man. Okay. That first Iron Man trailer made me just... I gotta go. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh, I was crossing my legs. I almost peed on myself. The first Iron Man trailer. Yeah, you wanted to see Iron Man right now, damn it. You didn't want to wait. As opposed to... uh, I know this is one that you want to expound upon what we just saw this week. What? The Green Lantern trailer. I don't want to talk about it. I'm so sick of y'all people at Green Lantern. Let me tell you something, Tom. Okay. The trailer comes out. Right. Now, can we agree that it looked a little rough around the edges like it wasn't... Which leads... Let me remind you about the Hulk. The first Hulk movie. Yeah. 
where they released a teaser television spot before the special effects were done. Well, see, this is what I'm saying. People are ragging on the special effects already, and my thing is that this is probably just a teaser trailer rushed out so that people would calm down. This is what the movie's going to yeah. be. But common sense should tell you that this isn't going to be the finished product. Do you know that in the last two days, I have read reviews, mind you, of a trailer. People dissecting a trailer that took me longer to read the reviews than it did right. to actually watch the damn trailer that these reviews are based on. I wonder, however, if the reason people have been complaining, complaining, complaining oh my God. is because... Do you remember... A- couple of months back, this was actually maybe late last year, somebody put together a fan trailer. Yeah. Put, and it was, this guy, I've actually seen that. That's a phenomenal it's trailer. It's amazing, particularly because you consider that he it's includes phenomenal. elements from something like 150 different movies. Yeah. Repurposed to be this epic Green Lantern trailer featuring Nathan Fillion has Hal Jordan. Right. right. When I first thing I mentioned that, you went crazy because that thing was so amazing. And then we get, the thing that struck me about this trailer was how much it adhered to that first Iron Man film trailer form. It's trying to give you the Iron Man feel. Yeah. yeah. I didn't pick up on it until after I read your posting, and I said, well, let me go back and watch it again yeah. with that in mind. And then when I said, I said, holy shit, the bastard's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In that you've got Hal doing something really irresponsible. Right. And he has the confrontation at work. It seems... They're definitely going for that Iron Man yeah. feel with it. There are some things in it that I like. I like the scene with the giant fist. I thought that was pretty cool. I like how the ring and... The technology of oh, it's like kind of rough looking. Yeah. Actually, it's not sleek and 1950s fashion mm. polishy like you would expect it to. It looks kind of the ring actually looks like it's carved. Yeah, it doesn't look technological, which I like. I like the look of Hector Hammond. I like how yeah. in the three shots we see of him, he looks like he gets progressively worse. Yeah, like he's mutating into really yeah. something it, that it, you know. It is something that he didn't even expect. Now. This isn't as kick-ass. And me, okay, folks, I'm sorry, but I like the Green Lantern trailer. Yeah. No, it did not make me jump out my seat and say, I want to see that now. But that's because I have already made up my mind. I'm going to go see the Green Lantern yeah, movie well, no matter see, what. You no know. matter how much I dislike the present iteration of Hal Jordan and dislike Ryan Reynolds, this is a character I've dreamed of seeing on the big screen all my life. I'm not going to not go see this. And see, I respect you for that, because even though it's well known that you've told me and you've told our listeners out there, many times you don't like Ryan Reynolds, but you're not going to be a hypocrite about it. You're going to say, I'm going to yeah. go see it. you got all these hypocrites that's on the internet talking about, ah, this is shit, and yeah, it stinks, and I hate Ryan Reynolds, and they're going to be the first ones online when yeah. Green Lantern opens. No, I'm very money clear to about this. I'm very clear that I'm going to see this film regardless, yeah. because, like I said, this is a character I've wanted to see on the through. And also, on top of that, it's got a director behind it that I have absolute faith in. Absolutely. There you go. But, see, again, me and you are taking different elements that we've brought of our experience. Okay, maybe the trailer is not, but we know the director. Now, that having been said, Green Lantern is your character. Yeah. Now, the reaction I had when the Thor trailer came was the one that you had with Green Lantern. See, to me, I think the Thor trailer is better because... Oh, absolutely. First of all, it doesn't seem to tell you the entire story, which is what it seems like the Green Lantern trailer is telling you. Right. Also, I don't know, this is the one thing beside the Iron Man perils that really bothered me about the trailer. The final image mm-hmm. of Reynolds revealing to, I'm assuming, Tom Kalamaku. Yeah. The uniform going, that's cool, isn't it? Actually, it's kind of anticlimactic. Yeah. Especially right. after we've seen Oa, and here's Tomari, and here's Kilowog. That's a scene that should have been saved for the movie. Yeah. Or be earlier in the trailer, not be the punchline. Right. It ends on a subdued note. Mm-hmm. What you want in a trailer is you want it to start 
and build and build yeah. and build and build and a trailer is like great three minute sex. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's like great three In minute the Thor sex. trailer. The punchline to that is the destroyer coming up over the rise and lowering its visor to shoot at people. That's the money shot. Yeah, because, and you and I have talked about this in previous episodes, many trailers are built around the one image. The one image that the producers want to sell you on. The thing that makes you look at that image and go, I want to see this on screen. Liam Neeson and the guys in the A-team piloting the tank. Piloting the tank. You said, the A-team trying to fly a tank. I gotta see that. <laughs> Zoe Saldana using a rocket launcher. A rocket launcher. That was the, the big image that that whole trailer was built right. around. But I, I always prefer the mood one. We talked about this is something that's directly in an earlier for the bitter of the dark. I loved the teaser trailer for Star Trek, the action movie. But the, With the, them building the Enterprise. Yeah. And, but although the funny thing is, is that the mood you get from that is so unlike the mood you get from the movie itself. From the movie, yeah. Which I like. Okay, that leads me to another trailer, right. which I think is probably the best trailer made in the past ten years, folks. And I'm deadly serious. Clint Eastwood's Gran Torino. Oh, when yeah. you watch that trailer, you swear you're going to go see Clint Eastwood. Old guy kicking ass. Kicking ass and taking names and blasting away the punk. And when you go see the movie, it is a completely different movie. But you don't feel like you got yeah. cheated. Whoever came up with that trailer, he's a fucking genius. As well, far I'm as sure I'm that concerned. Eastwood was looking over that guy's shoulder. I'm sure he was too. Yeah. Eastwood has a lot of control over his movies. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that if Clint Eastwood had, had a trailer telling people what actually Gran Torino was about, they right. like, well, I don't want to see that. I want to see. He gave people a trailer of the Clint Eastwood movie they thought they yeah. wanted to see. And people said, oh, yeah, Clint Eastwood's going to be blown yeah. away to punks again. I got to see that. Mm-hmm. And when they got there and found this quiet, thoughtful story about yeah. this man and this relationship with these people, he sucked them in. It was great. That's a brilliant trailer. Another one that you and I, I think we talked about this either on the previous episode we recorded or just before, it's, they're not even calling it a trailer. This advertisement that they're doing ostensibly to promote Daft Punk's soundtrack for Tron Legacy. Okay. Which is obviously composed of footage from the movie, but it tells you very little about what the movie is about. Yeah. But it gives you a lot of just cool imagery. Oh, yeah, but that's what they're selling yeah. Tron on. They're selling the images. Right. They're saying, oh, God, this is a video game come to life. Yeah. I want to see this. And that's what they're doing. We still don't know what the Jeff Bridges character exactly is going to be doing right. in the movie. We know that this is going to follow his son, but yeah. we really still don't know a lot about it. We know he disappeared at some point. This, Which I actually yeah. like. I think you and I agree that one of the biggest sins trailers give is giving too much information. If I'm sitting there and I watch a trailer, and I'm sorry, folks, if people say, oh, yeah, Derek, you think you know it all everything. Well, I've been watching movie trailers for damn near 30, 40 years. Yeah. I can look at a trailer and I can pretty much tell what the movie is going to be about from mm-hmm. the two minutes, depending on what you're showing me. And I'll know if I want to see it or not. Otherwise, I've been wasting these 30 yeah. years. I can look at a movie and I can say, oh, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, that's going to Okay, I don't have to see that movie. And nine times out of ten, I'm proven right when people tell me, you're right, I shouldn't have went to see that. I said, I told you. One of my biggest problems is that most trailers these days fall into a certain script. You can almost predict the beats where mm. it opens up cold. You just see that green band or the red band if you're watching an R-rated yeah. uh, trailer. Then it opens up cold with some sort of quiet moment between two of the characters. Mm-hmm. Then the music kicks in. And then we start getting little establishing shots about... And the Green Lantern trailer follows this pretty closely. Because it opens cold with the alarm going off mm-hmm. and him waking up with the blonde woman in bed. Mm-hmm. And then we get little establishing shots bringing us up the end of the first act, the premise of the film. Mm-hmm. Then we get the logo. 
Then we get a fuller explanation. Action shot, action shot. Lots of loud, 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 louder, 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 louder. Title! Yeah. Very, very quiet stinger. Music sting! End of trailer. I hope people can make sense of that. That was masterful. Yeah, but you're absolutely right. That's what it is now. Trailers are so formulaic. And unfortunately, that's what they want. They want these things to be followed to a formula because they're too scared to do something innovative and yeah. different. And they are too scared. Okay, they don't want to tell you too much, but they don't want to tell you too little. And if it comes down to a choice, they would rather tell you too much right. than too little. Then you say, that I don't know. Okay, this is what they don't want. They don't want you sitting there saying, eh, I don't really know if I really want to see that or not. So they'd rather give you the big money shot and spoil it for you. Because, okay... Another recent major offender of this yes. is the movie with one of our favorite actors, Robert Downey Jr. and Zach oh, Do they fuck that movie? I have seen so many different yeah. trailers for that movie. I feel like I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> oh know, no, no. They don't have just one trailer. I think they've yeah. got five different trailers for that movie. I feel like yeah. I've seen it. And the thing is, is that once it follows that script, because you start out with the exchange with Robert Downey Jr. and Zach Galifianakis, where he talks about, oh. My father left me when I was a little boy, and I never saw him again. And Zach Galifianakis is making fun of him. Right. Then we get the music kicks in, and we get the brief establishment. Oh, I want to be when my wife gives birth. Mm-hmm. And then we get, I'll take you in my car. Right. Because I'm a wacky gay guy with a weird little dog. And then we get the, I promise I'll be quiet. And then we get the whole sequence where he's asking all the stupid questions. Mm-hmm. And then it just loud, loud, loud. Big punchline, big punchline, big punchline, big punchline, big punchline, big punchline. Mm-hmm. Everything reaches a crescendo, and then we get the little stinger with him and Jamie Foxx in the cab of the car going, can you hit that speed bump? Yeah. And I think that somebody at the studio must have realized they had a dog on their hands. Yeah. Because they ran these trailers so relentlessly in the theaters and on TV. I don't think I saw a movie in the month of August that didn't have this trailer yeah. in front of it. Exactly. Guys at the studio, we know this is a remake of Planes, Trains, and Automobile, even if you didn't call it that. And no matter how much you try to shove it down our throat. It is. Yeah, that's what it is. (laughs) Another one that they've been trying to shove down our throat a lot, I know that you actually say you like this trailer. What's that? Is the Green Hornet trailer. Yeah. And jaws are dropping all over the country. You like this Green Hornet trailer? I like the the trailer. I found it generic. And once again, it follows the script. We start with the opening establishment of Rick Reed talking about his son, and then the, the television set goes out the window, mm-hmm. we see Seth Rogen partying, Rick Reed dies, Seth Rogen meets Cato, Cato reveals that he, Rick Reed was the Green Hornet. It gives you the whole story yeah. of the movie in three minutes. That haven't been said. Just because I like the trailer doesn't mean I don't think the movie's going to stink to high yeah. heaven. Especially I, when it went to 3D. Yeah. And they said, okay, 3D. That in prayer is the last refuge of the scoundrel. Yeah. So I think the movie's going to stink. But I do think that the trailer works. I think it gives you the elements that a trailer should have designed to make you want to go see it. by the way, I think it. everybody knows this is stinking. I've been watching the new Conan show on TBS. Yeah. His first guest on his first show was Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen, okay. And he was there to promote Green Hornet mm-hmm. in November. For it do, uh, in January. And what was fascinating, first off, was that Seth Rogen had this look in his eyes like somebody who'd been caught masturbating. Mm-hmm. And was really, really embarrassed by it. And he talked about getting engaged and how he popped the question to his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And, oh, by the way, I'm in this movie. And <laughs> oh, by the way, i got a major yeah, movie coming out. I'm not I- kidding. Ten minutes he spent with Conan, he said one sentence. 
devoted to the Green Hornet. Mm-hmm. I mean, but then again, and I've said this before, if you are a major motion picture studio with a superhero franchise in your hands, and you then reach out to Seth Rogen to write it, and Michelle Gondry, and do not get me wrong, I have respect for Michelle Gondry as a director. Mm-hmm. He is very gifted, and he is very talented. Mm-hmm. But you do not think action movie when you think of him. Yeah. yeah if you exactly. give it to these two guys, don't come crying to me when you don't get what you think you were going to get. Exactly. Even though, and I would give credit to Seth Rogen, and a lot of people I know, Pope fans probably feel I've betrayed him. But if you look at Seth Rogen, you can obviously see he lost weight and he worked out yeah. for this thing. And so also, he, was, he was serious about, otherwise, I felt like this. He wouldn't have bothered getting yeah. into shape. So it looked like he's trying halfway. Even more importantly, you can tell from the way he's delivering his line in that trailer mm-hmm. that he is trying to be Serious. Yeah. He is trying to play this straight, but the problem is, it's Seth Rogen. It's Seth Rogen, right? Exactly. As gifted a comedian he is, I don't think he's a great actor. I can't get away from the fact that it's the guy who likes to smoke pot. Exactly. And me, and I've been telling people this, I am 90% sure that in the back of everybody's head, when they cast Seth Rogen for this, well, they would think of Michael Keaton and Batman. Did you read... The miniseries that they made out of Kevin Smith's script. No. I think it's going to be released sometime in the next couple of weeks as a trade paperback. I haven't heard good things about it. It's actually pretty good. From what I can tell from the trailer, obviously, it would make a much better movie than the trailer. You know what the problem is, though? What? It's trying to sort through all of this stuff, because we've got a flood of Green Hornet stuff now. Oh, yeah. The guy hasn't been popular in 30 years, and now all of a sudden you've got literally more Green Because Dynamite wants this to work. You've got more Green Hornet yeah. stuff out there that you can have. You've got the Green Hornet from the TV show, and yeah. they're doing Green Hornet in the future, and Green Hornet... Yeah, oh, my God. It's a whole wealth of Green Hornet stuff out there now. Some good, some not so good. We'll wait to see how it plays out in January. I mean, for me, the best trailers are the ones that give you a hint. Like, for example, Cloverfield. Yeah. That was a great trailer because it showed you nothing. It just gave you that one image that made you go, oh, shit. Right. What just caused that to happen? Right, with the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Yeah, That made you, I want to see that movie now. (laughs) Because that's something you didn't say you want. And as much as I don't like him, the trailer for Buried was also pretty effective. Oh, yeah, this new one, yeah. Ryan Reynolds, yeah. Ryan Reynolds, yeah. Where it's that black screen, and he's like, where the hell am I? What? Done in the natural, you see the light turning on the, and then it ends with him going, my God. I'm trying to figure out if they're going to be able to pull this off. Are we going to really have Well, it's been released, and it's going to be on DVD soon. Where's 90 minutes of a guy in a box? I don't know, maybe they did. But then one trailer that I saw recently of a movie, I heard about what it was about, and I said, well, I don't want to see that. And the trailer made me want to go see it less, 127 minutes. The one about the, the stupid guy gets his arm stuck in the yeah, thing, okay, and he's yeah. got to cut his own arm off. <laughs> well, I saw the trailer for that, and that tells you nothing about what the movie is about. What, what about a trailer that we've cited in the past, the trailer for Taken? That's another brilliant trailer. Right, because you have that one scene with him doing the speech to the, yeah, the doing, kidnapper, mm-hmm. and then you have those quick cuts at the very end, with the, then the kidnapper going, good luck. Again, I want to see that I want to right see that now. Because I want to see Liam Neeson catch this guy now. And, and <laughs> kick him from here to Italy and back. Oh, that was a great trailer. Every once in a while they do. Don't get us wrong, folks. They are making good trailers. My thing is that they're making more bad ones. Yeah, and well, that's I, it. And, they're making and I think part of it is because of the script. Because they feel like this is the only way to do a trailer. 
when I went to see you again, they did a bunch of kids' movies trailers. Okay. Including a trailer for Nomeo and Juliet. Ah, uh, yeah, the infamous Lorne Gnome. Yes. <laughs> I think I'm having a headache just thinking about it again, because that trailer, once again, it's the script. Quiet moment, set up the premise. Mm-hmm. Crazy, 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 wacky, wacky, wacky. You want to see this because it's really going to be wacky and crazy and fun and insane titles. And then the stupid thing with the one gnome that has his feet kind of like cemented together. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the trailer at all. But the thing is is that this trailer, not only does it follow the script, it is so actively loud and obnoxious. It makes me not want to see the movie. It makes me want to cross the street of any movie theater that would show this movie. You know what I find the worst offenders? Where? Oh, that is the CGI animated movies. Well... Romeo and Juliet yeah. happened to be a CGI I mean, movie. Some of them, are so, I don't want to see. And then, when I see the movie, mm-hmm. I found out the movie's pretty damn good. I saw the one for Despicable Me. Yeah. No, I saw the trailer. Didn't want to go see it. Saw the movie. Loved the movie. Mm-hmm. How to Tame the Dragon. Didn't want to see it from the trailer. So the movie right. was wonderful. I don't know why these animated movies, they pick, like you said, it's so loud and obnoxious. It's like it reaches out and grabs you with both hands and says, you're going to have like, fun. We're, we're going to have fun. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't know. It just seems like it's, it's, once again, it's coming towards something that we talk about a lot, which is the fact that so much of Hollywood has stopped making movies and has just started making product. You're right. So you have nothing but... And things like, for example, usually in a horror movie, they always have the kind of indie folk cover of a classic New Wave song. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, if you remember for the trailer... Actually, this is one that actually worked really well. For the, the remake of Last House on the Left... Okay. They used that remake by the band Guided by Trees mm-hmm. of Sweet Child of Mine. Mm-hmm. Which is an actively sweet, creepy little song. Guided by Trees is actually this Swedish singer. Okay. And the composition is so creepy. Mm-hmm. And it just works. But then the following year, you had Prom Night. It was a Smith song, if I remember correctly, that they had as the cover there. Mm-hmm. And it did not work. Yeah. Again with, was it Sorority Row? Horror movie trailers is a whole different genre in itself, really. Because any trailer for a horror movie, I don't think it's ever worked for me, really. Okay, when I think of horror movie trailers, I think of the trailer for... Except for magic. I think know. of things like the, the trailers we've already cited. Mm-hmm. I think of the trailer for Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors, mm-hmm. which was the dollhouse. Yeah. And the camera's just looking at the dollhouse and mm-hmm. seeing the details of the dollhouse as the narrator saying the creator is coming back to put the final chapter. And it is with the light coming through it. Yeah. Or... The Shining. Oh, okay, yeah. Once again, one image. One image, yeah. Which is the water. Which was the waterfall. The elevator is over and you had that... Yeah. (laughs) Music play. And you're sitting there. Just when you get bored and say, well, when's something going to happen? The damn thing opens and that waterfall of blood comes out. Then you say, whoa, okay. (laughs) I got you. I see where you're going with this. Nowadays, with with horror films, it's just kill moment, kill moment, kill moment, kill moment, kill moment, kill moment, kill moment. Now, we should mention them. About around this point, yeah. is that a few years back, mm-hmm. when, of course, Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez oh, had their yes. Grindhouse mm-hmm. movie, they started a little interesting experiment, and they invited people to make their own Grindhouse-style trailers right. 
And the winner of that, they was actually going to produce the movie, yep. whichever one won. Well, this was back when the idea was they were going to... They Grindhouse was going to be a franchise. We should mention yeah. that. It was designed they were going to do that, and then they were going to turn it over to talented directors. Other directors right. to do their Grindhouse. Right. Film. It was going to be Grindhouse Presents. Plus, there was whatever. going to be a video line You're right, a for video new line. filmmakers. Yeah. And I think that the film, that the one the trailer, was supposed to be the first film in the video line. Right. But it is coming out, which was, of course, Hobo with a Shotgun. Hobo with a Shotgun. (laughs) But a lot of really good trailers came out of that. Most of them I saw, and I I think I must have sat here about four or five hours. Mm -hmm. And Patricia was screaming at me, go to bed, damn it. (laughs) And I'm sitting here. But it was one great trailer after another. And I said, I want to see that. 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 I still want Robert Rodriguez because they had those great trailers that was in Grindhouse. Yeah. The one where Nicholas Cage was like Fu Manchu. Oh, it was the Rob Zombie one. Yeah, I, I want to see Werewolf that. Werewolf Women of the SS. I want to see that. Yes, I, that was is pretty insane. <laughs> the only one of the faux trailers in Grindhouse I didn't like was, what's his name? Uh, oh, Eli Roth? Yeah. Yeah, well, we don't like Eli Roth. Yeah, that's, anyway, that's so, pretty much yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty well. We, we don't like Eli Roth. I mean, I loved the Edgar Wright one. Don't. Oh, now, granted... The whole point of Don't, the trailer, mm. was to build up to that punchline at the very to end. To build up to the punchline, If right. you think you want to see this movie, it. Don't. <laughs> don't. <laughs> Which worked. And of course, we got that magnificent Machete trailer. Yes. Everybody went so nuts over it, Robert Rodriguez had no choice yes. but to make a movie. Because everybody said, wait, 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 wait. No, no, man. You gotta make, nah, you can't do this stuff. You gotta make a movie. Yeah. And he made a movie that was just as equally nuts as the trailer. <laughs> oh, yeah. If not even more so. <laughs> That's a case where the movie lived up to the trailer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what, of course, the best thing. And I think the early trailers for Raiders of the Lost Ark lived up to this. Yeah. Or some of the trailers for the new Concord stuff. The stuff that Roger Corman did on his own in the 70s. Like mm-hmm. Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. And all those other things. Like Death Race. That, that, they yeah, lived that, up yeah. to the, Because it was, once again, you were like, I gotta see this. I gotta see that. I gotta see that. No question about it. I got to see this. This is insane. Yes. <laughs> but do you think that we passed our golden age of trailers and we're never going to see oh, it again? you posited the theory once to me privately that when Don LaFontaine died, yeah. that pretty much was the final nail in the coffin. Yeah. Granted, there are still people out there who do the in-a-world voice. Yeah, but nobody did it like that cat. Even if you wasn't going to go see the movie, and you, you know just the, wanted to hear him talk. And you know what's the funniest thing? When you finally see what he looks like, he's this short, little, fat, bald guy. That's what kills me. For all of these years, nobody knew what he looked like because he actually had a studio inside yeah. of his house. He did this in his house, mm-hmm. folks. He had a studio built. That's why he did. They, they estimated it was something like over 7,000 movies. Mm-hmm. Over 5,000 TV ads. Yeah. And a whole bunch of TV shows. And he said, you know, what? how did he do He said, all he did was fax me the script. He'd go in his studio, turn it on, and he did it and send it back out to them. And that was it. And I'm glad that toward the end of his career, we got to see what he looked like. Yeah. And he poked fun at his own image. He mm-hmm. did a Geico commercial. Yeah. He did a couple of commercials where he kind of poked fun at his What was the, 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 the commercial with him? Oh, it's for the lottery. The lottery, the lottery. Yeah. yeah. Him, Ed McMahon, and a couple of other guys. Were famous as being voices, yeah, voices. Uh, yeah. In a diner, just having a discussion, yeah. and one of them happens to be the New York lottery guy, right? The little creepy lottery guy. No, not a little bit of luck. Who is yeah, really little, creepy. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. A little bit of luck. Who's like, you no, know, you're yeah. talking about the announcer guy. The announcer guy, the guy with the manic looking eyes. Yeah, a little bit of luck. I'm sitting there going, like, really? This is what you came up with? Yeah. 
But I'm glad that toward the end of his career, that, he got you know, a lot of yeah, he got a little, deserved. yeah, he got a lot of recognition. Not that he didn't have it before, but nobody knew what he looked like, and we finally got to see what he looked like. Kind of like and Don Pardo. That's who he reminded me. Yeah, of. yeah. Uh, and the Don voice Pardo. of NBC, another great voice. Yeah, yeah. I think he's still alive and he's still working. Though. Yes, he is. Don Pardo was still alive. I gotta wonder when Lorne Michaels came to him in 1970 something, saying, "We want you to be the voice of Saturday Night Live." What he thought of the, the show because mm. he was already in advanced middle age at that point. Yeah. And it's amazing. He got known by a whole new generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really glad that he got the notoriety that he deserved. But I think that when he passed away, that was it. The golden age of trailers is gone. Because nobody is able to say, in the world, the way he said it. His voice made you want to see a movie. These voices now, they try to capture that timber and that magnetism mm-hmm. and that urgency that he had, and they just don't do it for me. The sad thing is I think that this script that we've cited, that's going to be the standard bearer now for as long as we can imagine. That true creativity is not going to ever come back to the trailers. Yeah, we're pretty much stuck with what we have. Here's another way that I could tell you. You remember when they used to have on these various TV shows? They used to have TV shows devoted to nothing but trailers. Yeah. Now they don't have any more. Coming attractions on E. Yeah. You know why? Because people don't care. And also, like people keep telling me, well, why would I want to see the trailer when I go on YouTube and watch yeah. it. Well, that's where they leak the trailer. That might be why creativity in trailers has died out, which is that, what's the point if people aren't going to want to see it? That's true. If it's just going to be look uh, a computer monitor... And then again, going back to what we were talking about, you have something like Green Lantern. Why should I bust my ass if I'm an editor... Yeah. And I'm putting together a trailer, and I'm busting my ass to do the best I can to put together a trailer that I think is exciting and make people want to see the movie. Just to have it dissected by a bunch of nitwits mm. who all the well, the CGI on the mask looks kind of shit. Why should I care? People have to remember, because I think this is one of the things that cost the Ang Lee Hulk some revenue. Because I know, I didn't go see it in the theaters because I saw that CGI and said, that looks like crap. Yeah. I didn't realize that was, of course, CGI that wasn't finished. Right. People have to realize this, that... And this is one of the reasons why sometimes you'll get scenes in trailers that don't exist in the movie as it finishes. Right. Because people are doing trailers as that movie is getting edited. Yeah. So, for example, one trailer that you and I liked was the Super Bowl teaser Mm -hmm. for G.I. Joe two years ago. And there's that scene with Dennis Quaid and Christopher Eccleston, where Eccleston goes, I didn't get the name of your organization. I didn't give it. Yeah. I said, see, that's G.I. Joe. Exactly. (laughs) Or the one that everybody talks about now, which is the scene in... Oh, Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2. The babies cried and whined about that. Why isn't it in there? The scene we're talking about, folks, and you've seen it in the trailer yeah. a billion times where she has the helmet and she gives the helmet a kiss and throws, throws it, it out. out and then Tony Stark jumps out and says you complete me and right. he goes down there when the movie came out that scene wasn't in the movie I heard nothing but whining all over exactly. the place I said the reason they cut it was that it kind of came off a little weird at the very beginning mm-hmm. since the whole point was getting them into a relationship for the story arc between those two to have them acting like they were in a relationship already right at the very beginning of the film, threw off the, the feel of the film. And also, you got to remember something else. Story-wise, it wouldn't have made any sense because when Tony flies down from the plane and lands down there, Pepper's down there also yeah. at the expo. How does she get down? Exactly. If she's up on the plane. <laughs> but see, people didn't put this together, I guess, and they didn't do that. So, of course, the Pharaoh said, well, we got to cut that out. I don't have the Iron Man 2 DVD. I'm pretty sure it's on there. It's on there, yeah. uh, Yeah, to satisfy the whiners who would tell, well, that's not in the movie. Well, you've seen it a million times on the trailer. How many times do you need to see it? See, I like having stuff that's not in the movie in the trailer. 
Thank you. I am a big fan of put stuff in the trailer that won't be in there. It doesn't bother me if I go to the movies and it's not in there. Right. It'd be, well, they lied to me. What do you mean they lied to you? They didn't lie to you. It's you a two-minute trailer, people. There's only so much you can put into it. You paid your money, right? You're sitting yeah. in the seat. <laughs> well, then, then they did, but they didn't lie to you. Yeah. They got you to buy a ticket. Most people don't think about the artistry of the trailer. It's a lot more that goes into it, and it's designed to do a lot more things. It's not there just for you to tear apart or say it's crap or anything like that. It's there for a lot of reasons. It's a marketing tool, first of all. Blatantly, folks, and I know people hate when I talk about the nuts and bolts of this, but it's a business. A trailer is designed for one thing, to put your ass in that seat. You have to realize that. It's not there for you to gush over and, oh, yeah, well, I know. No, it's designed for you to pay your money and go see it. Chris Nolan's films tend to have beautiful trailers. Yeah. One of the things I love about the Inception trailer is, once again, it tells you nothing. No, I, I had no idea what the damn movie it was about. It shows you magnificent things. But you know you wanted to see it. When yeah. they had that beautiful sweeping thing of those ruins crumbling into yeah. the beach and an ocean, I said, yeah, I want to see that. I want, I, and, of I, course, I, the shot of the, the city folding in on itself. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was yeah. sitting there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't care what this is about. I want it. I, yeah, I have no idea what it is about. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the further away I get from this film, the less I like it, which is The Dark Knight. The magnificence of that trailer is, once it doesn't tell you a lot. No. But it gives you certain things that you take away. For me, the image in that trailer that's the most important is Aaron Eckhart giving that quote. Right, yeah. Eventually, you live long enough, you learn to either to become the villain... Or die a hero. Or die, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's the heart and soul of that movie. Another trailer... That reason, okay. I have no idea what this damn movie is going to be about, but day when I'm near, Sucker Punch. Oh, Zack Snyder does good. Yeah, he does great trailers. He gives great trailers. Let's not forget <laughs> that <laughs> Watchmen trailer. He gives great trailer. <laughs> Which was just that Smashing Pumpkin song and those images. That's all, that's all I needed. I don't think there was a line of dialogue in that first trailer. No, there wasn't. It was just those images when the owl ship is coming yeah. out of the water. And Billy and Corgan's voice, and it's just such a creepy song. And Silk Spectre in the flamey bit. Like, oh, man. And when I saw one for Sucker Punch, again, I have no idea what this thing is going to be about, but I'm there, day one. I got to tell you, I can't wait, because... Well, know. 300. Well, you know yeah. 300. When I saw the trailer for 300, I was... Yeah, 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 yeah. I know there are a lot of people who are going, Zack Snyder are doing Superman. That sucks. What are you, crazy? What are you, out of your mind? If you look at his movies, Zack Snyder is visual yeah. to the max. We're going to get a visual Superman like we've never seen before. I think part of the reason people are going, like, oh, damn, this is going to suck, is because most of his films have been fairly dark. But I have a feeling that this is going to be a very... Because, once again, there's one thing that we can establish about Zack Snyder is that he loves comics. I mean, he loves comics. Oh, yeah. It's one of his true passions. Going back to Sucker Punch, a lot of those shots look like panels from oh, graphic God. novels. I swear to God, it looks like he took a panel from a graphic novel, blew yeah. it up, and put it up on the screen. But the thing is, usually he's worked with a very dark palette. Yeah. But I have a feeling that this is going to be bright. Yeah. Because I can't imagine Zack Snyder, somebody who studies comics as well as he does, doesn't understand that Superman is all about being bright and being hopeful. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get 
a Superman that hits somebody. Exactly. We are going to get a Superman that hits somebody. And we're going to have a Superman, we're going to see him using his powers. Yeah. For other things are just picking stuff up. I think Michael Bailey said it best. There are certain things you should expect in a Superman movie. You should expect him to save somebody. Yeah. You should expect him to curb a natural disaster. Yeah. And you should see him punch somebody really, really hard. Really, really hard. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think we're going to go see, and just to briefly go back to Sucker Punch, I'm really, really interested in seeing this because, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first screenplay he's doing based this on his original, original screenplay. Yeah. He's done adaptations before. And seeing how skillfully he's adapted other works, yeah. I'm really, really interested in seeing how he handles his own material. It should be a fun ride. That's a trailer. I saw it. I was flabbergasted. I said, yeah, I got to see this. And, and once again, it doesn't tell you jack all about the film. The only reason you and I know anything about what the film is about is because we read the follow-ups to The Watchmen when yeah. we talked about this. Right, yeah. But it tells you nothing. It's a primal version of the classic 70s trailer. It's just money shop after yeah, money yeah, shop. Right, there you go. That's, that's what I was reaching for, yeah. Here's a hot chick. Here's a weird, wacky landscape. Here's, here's another hot chick. Here's a hot chick with a machine gun. Yes. Here's another weird landscape. Here's a hot chick with two machine guns. <laughs> here's a hot chick with a samurai shorts chopping things. Here's a tank falling off of a cliff. Here's a hot chick kissing a hot chick. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Okay, I'm there. Right, exactly. Although, if this film fails, I think that the problem is he didn't call it Hot Chicks Fight. I think at this point, Zack Snyder can't fail. Yeah. I think he's at that point. But then I, I get this backlash lately about him, where people are going, oh, well, Watchmen wasn't very good, and 300 kind of sucked. Where it's that whole thing in the, in the geek community where you get to a certain level of success and then you have to be torn down. Yeah. Yeah, well, of course. It's not fun unless you can tear somebody down instead of celebrating them for being visually and artistically innovative, which is what Zack Snyder did. Now, I know people there have said to me, oh, yeah, well, 300 was this and 300 was that. 300 was 300 that. wasn't historically accurate. What? Wasn't supposed to be. If that last scene wasn't a big honking clue that this was all made-up shit by some guy. That's what really pisses me off about people because, and I've had this argument with people, it's not historically accurate. And I said, well, did you see the whole movie? Well, yes, I did. Well, did you get to the last scene where the one survivor, the guy was telling the story to the 3,000 Spartans yeah. to inspire them? Of course he gassed up the story right. because he's trying to prime them to go into battle. That's so right. it's telling you right there, this is a, yeah, le- if, if this I, is a legend yeah, that it's telling them. Yeah. If my 299 friends could kick their asses, imagine what we're going to do! Yeah! And so when you talk about Zack Snyder being dark, okay, it's dark, but when you get to that point at the end of the movie, where it's the 3,000 stars, or or, or the scene where they're on the road marching to the hot gates, Mm -hmm. where they're in the fields with the weeds and everything like that, yeah. Because see, now, you're pumped at the end of the movie, because you say, oh shit, these guys are in trouble now. These Spartans are going to do work out there. So yeah, it is on a bright, I really hope that he puts off the Superman thing, but based on his password, I have no doubt. Yeah, I just, I mean, I think it just, what it comes down to is casting at this point. And Watchmen, people, well, it wasn't this, it wasn't that. That is the best possible adaptation that you could do in that time period. Yes. And as me and you have said, it is amazing how much they actually got in Mm -hmm. there. It really is. Little things that I noticed, like we were talking about the one scene where the two night owls were talking. Right. He read the graphic novel and he knows it because on the shelf, when they're talking, you can see they have the statue, the ingratitude, night owl that he got. Mm -hmm. And I said, there's no reason to have it there unless you do it for the people that have read the graphic novel and they know the significance of the statue. If you've never read it, you just add it's just another statue. But right. if you've read it, you know it and you appreciate him for thinking of you enough 
to do that. Yes. It just surprises me mm-hmm. that people are so petty that they're just like going backlash on somebody. Yeah, and Tom, you and I should be used to this by now. People can't just appreciate something for what it is. They have to tear it down. And I actually feel sorry for them because those people have no joy in their life. And yes, that was Darren Ferguson who said it, so you can direct your emails to me. So, in conclusion, Tom, the state of movie trailers today. Very, very bad. I don't think it's ever going to climb out of the hole. Now, granted, we will occasionally still get something as brilliant as, let's say, another trailer that you and I have talked about previously, the Toys trailer. Oh, Which, to me, is an example of somebody realizing they had something really bad on their hands Mm -hmm. and just tried to figure out what's the best way to get people's asses in the seats. Mm -hmm. A little bit of misdirection. Hey, Robin, here's a field. Go crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Robin Williams, just go do something. Yeah. And we'll film it, and we'll shoot it, whatever it is you want to do. To sh- show you an example of these misdirection trailers, which I guess we'll call them, we talked about the Matt Helm films a couple of episodes ago. Yeah. You look at the trailers of the Matt Helm films, and they're all Dean Martin directly addressing the audience. Mm-hmm. Going, this is Dean Martin, also known as Matt Helm. I want to tell you about the latest adventure I'm going to be on. Mm-hmm. And then he does voiceover over some clips, and it comes back to him. Because what they they're trying to avoid telling you anything that it's about because they know that it sucks. Well, they're selling it, you know, it's Dean Martin. You want to see Dean Martin, don't you? You like yeah. Dean Martin. He's a great singer. He's a good guy. He's a friend of Frank Sinatra. Right. You want to see him in a movie, don't you? Exactly. Yeah. What interests me, like, for example, there's this film that's coming out that I'm actually going to go see. Because the beautiful one is in it. Burlesque. Oh, okay. Oh, she's in that one? Yeah. You can see her for five seconds in, in oh. the television spots that have been running. Oh, okay. Because she plays the frenemy. She plays the already established star. I had no idea anybody else was in the movie besides Cher. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> is that they're going like, Cher! Christina! And who the hell wants to see Cher in a movie with her android looking Yeah, style? It's a shame, because I remember Cher... From the Sonny and Cher show, which she truly was one yeah. of the most beautiful women in the world. She looks like Sasquatch she now. Looks, no, she looks like an android. She's had so much work done on herself. It's ridiculous. It's like her and that woman who had all the plastic to make her look like her cat. Yeah. Get together and compare notes. Yeah. When you look at a woman who was kind of close to her own age, Katie Seagal. Mm-hmm. Who is still even at her age And she's in her 60s Yeah And she's still smoking hot mm-hmm. She's on the show now Sons of Anarchy And she's working with a bunch of other women That are half her age And she's the hot one Yeah Not the women that work with They acknowledge that They said no she's really the hottie on the yeah. show Now this is a woman that's growing old gracefully And is embracing it And making it work for her Whereas Cher She just doesn't want to admit she's getting old Yeah well there's just some people That, that you, you see like Kelly Ripa I see her on these ads for Wallbounce mm-hmm. And she does doesn't look like she used to look. No, she doesn't. Because, of course, again, I think she's terrified of becoming old, so she's getting more and more plastic surgery, and she's beginning to look like an Al Hirschfeld drawing of herself. And she's looking downright anorexic. Have yeah. you seen her arms and legs lately? Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Eat a sandwich, girl. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be afraid. He's strange. But, uh, unfortunately, I mean, we're still going to get the occasional creative trailer, as long as Christopher Nolan is making movies. David Fincher is another one that tends to make really yeah, creative Fincher, trailers. Yeah. But... The bulk of these trailers are just going to be over and over and over again. Product. Product. And it's going to be that same script. Quiet moment, establishing studio logos. Loud, 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 title! But in conclusion, folks, we advise you some of the trailers... That we talked about and some other ones I was thinking about. Go on YouTube, the trailer for Magic, the yeah, uh, Anthony Hopkins, yeah. and margaret horror movie. That's an excellent trailer. The one for Suspiria, mm-hmm. directed by our good friend Dario Argento. Dario Argento, starring Jessica Harper. The Psycho trailer, which is yeah. Alfred Hitchcock. 
taking you on a tour of the Bates Motel yeah. and the Bates House. And it's a very tongue-in-cheek trailer. And, just... and it's a very tongue-in-cheek yeah. trailer. Another Hitchcock trailer that I really like. Mm-hmm. Remember the trailer he did for Frenzy? Which featured him as a dead body as floating. As a dead body floating. And, and then he gets up and starts addressing the audience. As a matter of fact, when you go on YouTube, YouTube, all of the trailers fall about for Hitchcock's yeah. movie, as a matter of fact. You can tell uh, how engaged Hitchcock was by the project he was doing, mm-hmm. by how much involvement he had in the trailer. In the trailer. With Topaz, mm-hmm. when he wasn't interested in the project at all, right. it was a standard trailer. Standard trailer. When right. it was like the birds. A family plot. A family, a family plot. plot. Yeah. He got really involved yeah. in it. And he stage was role. in it. He took center stage. Another trailer favorite, Inglorious Bastards, oh, where God. we had Brad Pitt with that, the yeah. I Want My Scouts yeah. trailer. That means Once again, a- they had this one image they thought would sell the film, and they punched it through. Absolutely. Sucker Punch, the new oh, Zack Snyder movie coming out. Fantastic trailer. And Tron Legacy. Yes. Which is another. Plus the comedian. We talked about Plus comedian. Plus the comedian. The Jerry we Seinfeld t- trailer. Yeah, we talked about Toys. Toys. Was starring Robin Williams and directed by Barry Sonnenfeld. Yes, my memory that is correct. correct. Yeah. Featuring Joan Cusack. Yes. In a wonderful. I actually like that movie a lot. Mm-hmm. Toys. I know it was a flop. And, and a lot of The Shining trailer. The Shining, yes. We met that we mentioned. Yeah. Plus the Citizen Kane trailer, since we also talked about that. Go on YouTube. They're all available on YouTube. And I believe they're probably still up because, as we know, the internet, nothing gets lost on it. Yeah. Go look up those Grindhouse trailer entries. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are very good, especially the one, uh, Hobo with a Shotgun, that indeed we're going to get. We're going to get next year with Rutger Hauer as the Hobo with a Shotgun. Because he's a hobo <laughs> and he has a shotgun. But these are trailers. Rutger Hauer seems to be the guy you get when you have a movie about a guy with a weapon. Blind Fury. Blind Fury. Oh, great movie. Blind Guy with a Samurai Sword. Remake of Satoichi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, go on YouTube and look up these trailers and many, many others. And I guess it's now time for the... And let us know. Tom yes. will tell you where you can go contact on us. our message board at mm-hmm. www.betterinthedark.proboards.com. I'll put up a thread when I get home tonight, providing I get home in time because I'm planning on going to see Maniac mm-hmm. at midnight. Not Maniac at midnight a movie. Maniac... At a midnight showing, because you know why? Why? Carolyn Monroe Carolyn in Monroe. the tightest black leather pants ever. Need we say yes. <laughs> And Joe Spinelli acting fucking crazy and scalping people. <laughs> I like Joe Spinelli. Joe Spinelli was such a weird guy. I like guy. Joe Spinelli. You know he kept his severed head from that movie on his television set until he died? And that's actually a good movie for people to go see, because I know me and you talk about New York in the 70s and 80s, and that's very much a movie, a product of his time, when New York actually was like something out of a science fiction movie. (laughs) Now, I don't know how true this story is, take it once again with a grain of salt, but I heard tell that when Spinelli actually died, Mm -hmm. when they came to investigate why this guy hadn't come out of his apartment and what what that smell was... Mm -hmm. They weren't sure if he was dead or not because of all the special... Because he kept... Oh, yeah. Wow. Now, see, I've never heard that story before. Yeah. Well, he used to keep the head that was used for the climactic scene when the, the character gets what yeah. he deserved on top of his television. If you walk, came and visited him, he'd be like, hey, check this out. Mm-hmm. I'm dead. Crazy guy. But very... You know what? I saw him recently in the movie. Didn't even realize that was him. And I've seen this yeah. movie made by Nighthawks. Yeah. With Sylvester Stallone. You know what amazes me? He was their boss. Yeah. And and what amazes me about Joe Spinell has a actor is that here was a guy who 
just loved acting so much, he didn't care yeah. what he was acting in. In that he could be in, and he is, in The Godfather. In The Godfather, He's yeah. in The Godfather one year, and the next year he's in Star Crash. He's in Star Crash, yeah. Incredible, incredible guy. But I heard that he was a very nice guy. They said that despite him looking like he would rip your throat out yeah. of his teeth, lovable guy. So, I guess it's time for the administrative. Yes. Let's so, take care of that. whether you love us, whether you hate us, whether you want to tell us that it does matter that the Green Lantern CGI looks like crap, and you're wrong, which in case you're wrong, <laughs> there are a number of ways you can reach us. We've already mentioned the Better in the Dark message board, which is hosted by our good friend Eric Front, which you can get to at betterinthedark.proboards.com. Mm-hmm. You can send us an email at betterinthedark at earth2.net. That's betterinthedark at earth-2.net. Net. You can join the Better in the Dark Facebook, Facebook page. Just look for Better in the Dark on Facebook, and you can also become our friends because both Derek and I have a presence there. Absolutely. You can follow both Derek and I on Live Journal. Derek's Live Journal is Derek Ferguson's Notebook and Tom's Space Monkey Mafia. We are not hard to find. Folks. That's true. Derek does contribute to All Pulp, the yes. blog about all things pulp. If you like pulp, if you're into Shadow, Doc Savage, Operator 5, Secret Agent X, by all means, that's your one-stop shopping place to know what's going on in the pulp community. Especially since the pulp community has gotten a lot bigger lately. Yes, it has. It's gotten a lot bigger. If you're into Moonstone Comics, we have Moonstone Monday. Right. Where any new thing that Moonstone is doing, and they're doing a lot of pulp-related stuff now. They're the guys that started the return of the original. Right. They've got that going on, where it's characters like the Phantom Detective, and Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, and all of these pulp characters. They're doing them, folks. So, if you're into that kind of stuff, by all means, stop by all pulp. Plus, of course, you can read some of our work at pulpworkspress.com. Yes, where if you go there or if you go to Amazon.com, you can still pick up a copy of How the West Was Weird, which has a story by my good friend Thomas DJ in there, as well as a story by myself. These stories, they're just two of the nominees. Yeah, there's the more Park, right? What is it? The Pulp Factory Awards. Yeah. And there's been a lot of other people nominated, but if you want to know who they are, well, then go to Old Pulp and find out. But Tom's story, as well as mine, has got nominated for best story of the year. We also want to mention, in addition to Audible.com, this episode has been sponsored by the Warner Brothers Online Store. Ah. If you go to our central site at bitdsite.com, you can click through and discover a whole lot of stuff. They're doing a lot of push. They send me out a weekly message, and they're pushing a lot of Harry Potter merchandise to Ah. celebrate the beginning of the last movie. Yeah, they're doing uh, that in two parts. Yeah, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, yeah. part one. If you use the click-through, we get a little money back, and you can purchase Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows t-shirts, necklaces, and all sorts of fun, fun stuff. We need money. Yes. <laughs> money is a good thing. And also, you can explore all the other stuff that the Warner Brothers shop has, including lots of DC animated stuff for those of you people who love it when we talk about that stuff. Christmas is coming, and Daddy needs a new pair of everything, folks. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's that's it. it. Until next time, this has been Derek Ferguson. And this has been Thomas DJ. And in a world where movie trailers suck, there's only one thing you need to do. Go Go see see that that trailer. Okay. Go see that trailer. Okay. Go Go see see that trailer. trailer. (laughs) I like it here. (laughs) Good night. Good night. (laughs) (laughs) 
been listening to Better in the Dark featuring Thomas E.J. and Derek Ferguson. Special thanks go out to Michael Bailey of Views from the Long Box, Patrick of Scream Queens, Big Will and the Samurai of The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema, Eric Frome, and of course all the members of the Better in the Dark message board at betterinthedark.proboards.com. Better in the Dark used to keep its severed head on its television set until the head started talking like that scary chick from The Biggest Loser and yelling at us. Send all comments, praise, hate mail, love letters, and pipe bombs to Better in the Dark at Earth2.net. That's Better in the Dark at Earth-2.net. Please vote for us on Podcast Alley, and why not leave a review of us on iTunes? Hey, maybe you can even visit the Better in the Dark Central site at www.bitdsite.com. And don't forget to check out all the amazing music available at www.b-hyphen.com. Better in the Dark is a Conspiracy Productions presentation in association with the Earth2.net community of podcasts. All material copyright, Thomas D.J. and Derek Ferguson. Until next time, remember that when your ventriloquist dummy starts making up nursery rhymes, it's time to run away. Run far, far away. Don't stand for something. You'll fall for anything.